father and son TTRPG and MMA podcast and destination for the best NPCs across all of the planes. Today we're bringing you another episode of D&D Diaries. D&D Diaries. <laughs> and uh, last week we talked about um, building your first city. Um, this week, uh, we are talking about the ending of kind of how you finish off building uh, your city in terms of adding some characters and stuff. So today we're talking about uh, creating your first homebrew NPCs, um, and this is uh, without stat blocks at this point, uh, just creating the personalities and the characters for them and things like that. Um, so in the last episode, we talked about when you create a city, you start big, so you create a map, then you find the burrows in the map. Then once you've found the boroughs and created like districts and stuff, mm -hmm. you then start plotting like important plot locations that you imagine your players would go to at some point during their time yeah. uh, there. And then <clears throat> from there we said give the districts themes, talk about their feel, the smells, the visuals, the sounds, uh, even musical themes, you know, if there's sounds or music that they might hear or, you know, that kind of energy of uh, soundtracking. Um, and then you need to populate it with characters. So with that, that can be, you know, plot characters that are like uh, straight up characters that are big, big, you know, parts of your story. Um, big antagonists, big protagonists, you know, whatever it might be, big allies for the party. Um, it could be, you know, medium-sized characters that are just, you know, someone that is here to guide them for a small part of the story and then kind of fades into the background. Or they could literally just be someone they bump into on the street. <clears throat> yeah, it's well, almost like, I just as you were on. saying that, main characters, the main cast, mm. the character actors, yeah, and the extras. Mm -hmm. Just thought exactly, about it. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And um, we actually have a system for making each one of those. Mm. Um, and unless, so the way that we also do this is, and we can do this for characters that aren't, if you're trying to randomly generate a character, if you want to make a plot-based character, so you're like, oh, my players have stolen this, and they're going back to um, someone they were told they could sell the stolen item to. Cool, I need to create um, a guy who is, you know, a merchant. Um, he's maybe a collector of things. You know, I need to, okay, I'm going to work that out. So we have what we call full NPC method, we have the short NPC method, and we have the instant NPC, NPC method. So what we do is we have bullet points that we then discuss um, and basically fill with information um, yeah. about the characters. So uh, for a full NPC, this is when you're creating like an antagonist, a protagonist, an ally for your, uh, a companion for your like players or something like that. Someone who is big, super important in your world. Um, so we have, um, our first book point is good or bad. Now, obviously this seems exceedingly general in of that Sometimes it can be gray area. There's not always good and bad. At this point, we like to just put in a little sentence or a line about maybe their alignment, um, how this NPC kind of fits in the world. Maybe they pose as good, but are yeah. secretly bad, you know, something like that. And you just put a little line about, you know, their, uh, their alignment within the world uh, or political alignment or something like that. But typically uh, in your world, whether they sit on like the uh, antagonist or protagonist side of and the scale. And to your point, externally, are they perceived as good or bad? And internally, what is their, what is their, exactly. their driver, good or bad? 
Yeah, then the next bullet point is mannerisms, gestures, and personality. So this is things like stuff that really give characters depth. Now the reason we put this in there is because I found when I've played use these things for my players when I'm role playing, it's elevated the characters and you guys have told me that they're a lot more in depth. So for example, it might be, you know, um, our pirate king during his monologue with the players um, was limping. And then the moment he engaged in physical uh, like violence, the limp disappeared. So it's one of those things where he was faking a limp the whole time just to kind of throw them off. And then the moment that they got into it, he was very agile and there was no limp at all. Furthermore, it could be something like a twitch. It could be, you know, a vocal tick. It could be, you know, a, a way like that someone maybe stands too close to people because they don't understand personal space as much. Mm. Any sort of mannerism or personality feature that you think uh, this character has about them fits in that place perfectly. Yeah, the thing that kind of colors <coughs> their personality a little bit. I'm just thinking of movies as well. So like the, the limping thing, um, Kaiser Soze in, yeah. in the unusual suspect or the usual suspects, or I'm just trying to think of other very distinct character types. Uh, I mean, kind of way out there. I was thinking Bane. I mean, if you just have that voice just out on its own, sampled to someone, they immediately know that that's Bane. You know, yeah. so these types of interesting choices bring a character more, more You're referencing color. Tom Hardy's Bane, where he had the, hello, Batman. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different to how like True. the comics were and stuff. So it's one of those ones that really, though, made it, when you think of Bane now, you think of, well, hello, you know, and yeah. you're like, it's this very different version of Bane that you, you know, kind of weren't expecting. And I totally agree with you. That's why it's really important to, we say, we, we typically put a couple of sentences, maybe a little paragraph in there about mannerisms. And we also try points. to like, make it, make it kind of spicy. Something distinctive that, that you can sink your teeth into when yeah. that character comes up, you're, you're sort of embodying this This is your opportunity for creativity. This is how you bring difference into your characters and how you bring them to life in these little bullet points. So then the next one is physical appearance. So how that character looks on the outside. So <clears throat> whether, you know, what type of shoes they wear, what type of clothes they typically can be found in, um, <clears throat> you know, what, um, you know, what their hair looks like, what, if they have any scars or tattoos, what type of jewelry they might wear, um, size, you know, how many arms they have, whatever it might be. Um, it's the physical appearance of what the players are gonna see. You can make this as in-depth as you want or as vague as you want. You can leave it completely blank and tell your players, you know, you see a creature uh, in the corner who is, you know, and describe like the gestures kind of thing. Uh, what does it look like? You could ask your players to describe what the character actually looks like. But I typically say if you're going for a full NPC, you probably have an idea in your head and you want to block that uh, uh, physical appearance section out quite nicely. And we have different styles, you and I, in doing this. So if I'm working on a particular NPC, I'm much more driven by some sort of visual stimulus that's out there as opposed to, so I might have an idea of this NPC to me looks like a movie character mm. or a comic book character or something like that. And I'll actually go out there and search it, find that, and that starts building out additional sort of color to the physical appearance for me. You tend to almost go internal and you start creating it internally mostly, don't you? Uh, I, what I do is I go into my internal cat catalog of 
movie knowledge and stuff and I pick pieces. Like today we did a character that I took a turtle shell from Kung Fu Panda from um, yeah. The Old Master. I took shorts from Spirited Away. I took ankle bracelets from Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, I took a ghillie suit from war um you know and i put all these pieces together to then have this very weird and interesting looking character and it's that's how i kind of do yeah. i take lots of different chunks of things uh, reference points in my head and i kind of combine them together into something that i want it to be basically what i imagine in my head but the point is <clears throat> everyone will have a different style of of bringing this character to life in a physical way whether it's internally externally taking pieces of things that you know referencing anything that you can to kind of build this thing um, out of nothing. So yeah. use, whatever, use whatever works for you, whatever you connect with best. Then the next two book points are the two M's. We have motive and movement. So motive is a, a super objective. So for those of you who have not heard the acting term, a super objective, it's what your character's uh, big goal is, what their final uh, like goal is to get. What are they like striving for? What is their dream, their passion? What are they moving towards? Now, uh, there's a couple of different ways you can do this. You can do a big super objective, and I typically like to write one big super objective, but then I also like to write a smaller objective, which is what they're doing at the moment. What mm. In the moment when I introduce this character, what are they trying to achieve at this point in their life? Boom, and I put that out there as well, because then you get an idea of, cool, this is how they're gonna act basically across the board in a direction because of this super objective. Yeah. I also know that this is what they're trying to achieve at the moment. So it means that it gives you more role play references as to the character's motivations about how he's interacting with the world outside of the players actually, which is kind of important to yeah. really juice your characters up. Super important for you as well <laughs> to, to know how to respond to certain situations. If a character or a, a party is pushing you in a certain way, do you go along with it? Do you push back? Do you fight to the very end? Do you um, do you kind of acquiesce because it's not that important to you? Like, those are really Great important um, for yeah. you to have very clear in your mind so you can be true to that NPC. 100%. And uh, with the next one was movement. So with movement, this one, uh, sometimes you don't always know the answer to, but other times you do. Um, and it's where that character, movement basically means where that character is within your world and where they can be found. So for example, if you're playing a sandbox world, because I like to try and keep it so that everything else is like moving around the players so life continues irregardless of what the players are doing um, i like to know where i can have these npcs at different times um, so if i want to throw in a random encounter with one of my npcs just because one of the players is like oh uh, you know I want to go uptown and I want to go into, you know, this beautiful whiskey bar. Okay, well, I know that Constantine Plainview, the capo for uh, our mafia, often spends time in that whiskey bar. Um, let me roll a, a D6 because he has like six or seven different places that he could be at. And let me see which one. Yeah, oh yeah, he's there. Yeah, mm. he's there. Okay, so as you walk in, there's a man at the bar uh, and he's got a, a little scar over his eye. He's got long hair, very well groomed. He turns a smile at you and you can see a gold tooth. Boom, the character's there. I built the story. Mm. I know where he is. And it's only because you walked in there that I've had him placed in there. 
and that really allows you to uh, keep the world moving, especially if you're doing a sandbox. It keeps that world alive and makes your players feel like they can really bump into anyone uh, in any place because it is like, you know, like you bump into your friends in a city, you just stumble upon them. That's just how it is. No, I love that. I, I, your point specifically about, especially in a sandbox world, where a character definitely is never found. He's just never there. So in, in some ways it helps you out as a, mm. as a DM just to know exactly what you have in your catalog of characters at any given point, at any given place in the map. And um, it just seems like it's a lot more organic, the experience mm. of what people are bumping into, what feels true to the character and to the story. Yeah, I fully, fully agree with you. Um, so then the next, uh, couple that we have are uh, more combat based so we have weakness well weaknesses can be a bit of both weaknesses can be plot like uh, emotional like weaknesses physical weaknesses uh, they can be things like um <clears throat> you know vulnerability to, vulnerability to fire for example but it could also be vulnerability to you know if you hurt their significant other they're vulnerable to that because they they work as a team you know uh it's any of those kinds of flaws you know they're often referred to in uh, in D D flaws weaknesses things like that um across the board very important and i would say this is maybe one of the most important categories uh because this gives your character depth Every character should have flaws. Everyone makes mistakes and should have something where they are going to make a mistake and fuck up or, uh, you know, fall into something. And I think it's really important to list out some physical weaknesses as what, well, like physical weaknesses being, you know, ways they could maybe be bested physically or, you know, are, you know, more mentally strong, but less physically strong or vice versa. Or, you know, they might, you could say, you know, they've done a thousand pull-ups with one arm. So they have one arm that mm. is amazing. However, if you get their other arm, it's very easily broken because they've done very little like work on it. It's about finding those weaknesses and finding you know what your character's depth is because when you act on weakness and when you act on you know that kind of stuff that's when role play becomes very interesting i also think like <clears throat> it is super important if you're making npcs and let's say you just make this incredibly badass npc there has to be some sort of way some sort of little pathway even if it's the smallest pathway for the players to be able to overcome this NPC. Manipulate. And it's, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's, their, you know, it's their challenge to figure out the puzzle. What is the key to this NPC that we can get him or her to, um, to just get out of our way, to yeah. work with us, to kill them, to whatever it is. There has to be something for each one. If there's nothing that the p players can do to penetrate um, the strength of that NPC, that's unfair to the players, I think. It's, yeah, unless you're running like a level 20 god campaign, you know, like yeah. it's, it's one of it's not real as well. Yeah. Like everybody, no matter how badass they are, whether it's, uh, you know, in the, in the real world or a superhero in the Marvel world, whatever, everyone has a fucking weakness that yeah. um, in certain circumstances they need to, you know, they need to have those. And so although we're creating stuff um, that can be, as incredibly badass as possible, we still need to kind of put in a little, a little vulnerability in there. Mm. So then uh, the next one we have is stat highlights. So this is um, what the, we, um, we'll tell you a little bit about something we've been working on at the end, but when we've been working on MPCs, we wanna highlight some things that are important for their stat block when we make their stat block. So when we come to make stat blocks, um, for example, we, um, we have a hill giant um, mafioso bodyguard um, who, when he hits you, um, 
with a certain blow, it causes a reverbershock attack, basically as we call it, and it centers around your body and actually breaks a bone in your body when he hits you. And that's something that I originally wrote as a stat highlight, and now we have in his stat block as a fully uh, mechanically worked out um, action that he can do now. Um, and when we release that pack will be something that you can use uh, when you play him. Um, so that stat highlight is you just kind of go, in combat, or you know, it doesn't even have to be in combat. For example, another guy we have has a gold tooth. I mentioned him a minute ago, Constantine. And if he uh, smiles at you uh, and begins uh, using his tooth of uh, manipulation, basically, um, he can charm you and, and manipulate you outside of combat as well as inside of combat. So those stat highlights allow you to know things that the player has in their arsenal uh, to use against the players, whether that is in or out of combat. Typically it'll be in combat, yeah. but it can be in and out of combat. And that's super, that's a super like creative little space. The, you know, the stat highlight is where you can start having fun. Like what is the character of the, of the NPC physicality? What would be kind of fun to play with? What would be kind of fun to give to them? Like this is, we've really enjoyed yeah. that aspect of it. On our Pirate King, I didn't know that he was gonna have a tattoo that used to be basically his shadow and now comes off his body and can basically possess someone else for him and he gains control of them. It's a magical ability he has that, we're, that, that we've written. But um, I didn't know that until I got to the stat highlights and I was like, what does he do? And I was like, oh, he can do like this. This is really cool. And then I went back to physical appearance and I added in, he has a tattoo mm. on his left arm mm. um, that's glowing, yeah. you know? And it's how you then build out and it, what will happen is you fill out some of the sections. You'll go back and fill out things in other yeah. sections. Cause you're like, oh, that relates to this. Oh, that relates to that and so on and so forth. Um, next one is weapons. Uh, so if your character has any sort of weapons um, on them, listing the, uh, the weapons that they carry on them as well, that's pretty self-explanatory. But also another opportunity for creativity. If there are certain... Think, think out of the box. Don't just pull from the core book. Pull yeah. We have like um, a, a crazy bull whip that has like metal chunks on the end for one of our characters. Um, what's some of the other... City Boy has... Um, knuckle dusters. Knuckle dusters. We have a slingshot that, that throws um, Potion. potions. We have a celestial cane that's like a, a, a cane made out of a, the spine of a dead celestial that's a weapon, you know. There's, you know, balasong, like butterfly knives. Like think out of the box, I think weapons, the thing with that is, you know, like have a Google. Um, watch some like weird movies, uh, weird like kung fu movies a lot of the time and look at some of the like weapons, like there, uh, there's a Jet Li movie, I can't remember what it's called, where he like, he fights in this tournament and a dude is using like a triple nunchuck, so it's got like two here and then a center thing and he's like swinging it and then like passing from like side to side and like, do, and it's just wild, it's so wild, but like that kind of thing is out there and different and very cool. And I think thinking about ways that, you know, you can use parts of your character's design as weapons. For example, we wrote as part of our drow, he has a wolf pelt that he wears around his neck that he can throw off and it animates into a wolf that defends him. That's only because we wrote that he had a wolf pelt that we then came up with that, you know? Yeah. And that's how that kind of falls into place. The final one is backstory highlights. Um, and that is uh, listing basically anything that are like key moments for your uh, NPC, big uh, moments in their history that matter to them. So that way when it does come down to knowing their lore, you have something to easily reference and look back at pretty quickly. So that basically fills out your full NPC. So I'll just go back through those. You've got good or bad, mannerisms, gestures, and personality, 
physical appearance, motive, movement, weaknesses, stat highlights, weapons, backstory highlights. And that is all you need to do, just fill out those. You can do as many bullet points or as, uh, as many sentences, as many words, as many bullet points underneath those bullet points, sub bullet points, um, as you want. You can make that as detailed or as uh, basic as you want, but those are good groundworks for a full NPC. Just to give you a reference point, we, that, that whole process can take us an hour. It could sometimes take us longer, two hours, something like mm -hmm. that. If it depends how deep we want to go into backstory and to, you know, special features or stat highlights or weapons, but at the base level, like hour-ish, yeah. is something that you should probably use as a reference point. Yeah, um, and then so we we mentioned that's for a full NPC. For someone that's shorter, like Tom said, like a, a character actor, you know, that someone who's like kind of background, maybe like um, a side character, someone who the is bartender, present. The, yeah. the the like doorman, the. Uh, someone who's a bit more present, I would say. Yeah. Someone who's a little bit more present than that in the story. I would say those fit maybe more instant NPCs yeah, and okay. stuff. Um, ones that are a little bit more present than that. And again, all we've done there mm. is taken the full NPC list and shortened it down to things that we believe are most important for this uh, shorter NPC. So we now have good and bad, good or bad. We have mannerisms, gestures, and personality, physical appearance, motive and movement, and then weakness. So uh, there, what we've done is just taken off like the last three, uh, last two or three uh, bullet points there. So what it means is the creative process becomes a little bit shorter, but we've still got the key ones, the ones that really define the character, yeah. whether they're good or bad, their mannerisms, their physical appearance, uh, their motives, where you can find them in your world and the weaknesses uh, that your players can extort them with. Um, then finally, uh, we have the instant NPCs. This is the quick way that you can do this. If you need to bang an NPC out in just a quick couple of seconds, um, you can go, cool, is he good or bad? Uh, find out where he kind of lines in the alignment of your world. Um, what are his mannerisms, uh, their mannerisms, gestures, and personality? And finally, uh, what is their motive slash weaknesses? basically. And uh, we combine those two into one because uh, you can kind of typically uh, talk about, you know, what they're kind of aiming for and then what kind of is able to uh, extort them and move them in kind of one. So we combine those into one. So it's a much shorter, much quicker way that you can bang through that. So it ends up just becoming the core things that you really need uh, for this NPC that you produce uh, on that moment. Now, there is one final way to create an NPC. And that is just pulling some random names out of the top of your hat, like John Bellman. And um, that's all you need in some cases. If you really need to pull one really straight out of the top of your hat, you can pull uh, you know, a name, John Bellman, and maybe one mannerism. Coughs a lot. Hi, I'm John <coughs> Bellman. You know, uh, well, welcome <coughs> to my, uh, my establishment here. Instantly, you've got a character. Two things, character built, you know, and that's all it really takes is, you know, dependent on the depth that you want to go for that character and the amount of knowledge you want to have and information to reference when you're role playing them um, is then the depth that you put into it. So you have the full NPC, 
the short MPC, the instant MPC, and then the name and uh, and one um, mannerism, gesture, you know, personality trait, something like that. Um, and that's how we do it, guys. That's how we break mm. down every single MPC in our world. I have a list of random names written out that Tom has helped me collect. We've got a list of random names that I can pluck random names off of when we're in Depending the middle of the if, game. If we bump into some sort of NPC or some uh, out in the world, and just in your mind, you go through your list and whatever name on your list connects visually with mm. what you've just run into, you'll pull out, yep. um, whether it's a female, a male, or whatever. And, yep. um, and if that's half the, the battle, just having yep. the name of it. Exactly, so I have like a list of random names, and then we have our document full of short and full NPCs, um, and then a couple of instant NPCs as well. Um, but yeah, so what I want to end this off by saying is NPCs are really easy to make when you break them down. Um, it can be quite a daunting thing to try and come up with a character, but it's something that is really fun and it's really enjoyable to come up with something that surprises your players. Think about things that are going to uh, throw them a curveball. You know, uh, one that I threw at my players almost instantly was we had a pixie pirate captain. And they were like, what? How can a pixie be a pirate captain? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Because he's a fucking badass, that's why, guys. Mm. And, you know, it's about finding those fun things in life and in the game that really make it exciting and curveball-y and different for your players. And you can do that by working your way through this process uh, that we've given you. We've, we've just loved that process of building out NPCs. And organically, we seem to um, spend a lot of time on them, enjoy them. Um, we have an artist that also helps us and mm. we create the, a visual of them as well. It's been a really, really fun process that's kind of taken us into a direction that um, is even beyond the playing at home and, and, and having characters to use for our home game, which is what it started as. We were building our NPCs for this world and we're like, wow, these are, these are fun characters. And I was like, I need some art for them because I can't find a pixie pirate captain anywhere. Um, and it's, you know, so I need, I need, some, I need some cool art. Um, and so we started looking at artists and like prices and we got an artist who was amazing and had been using him for a while for our games. And eventually we realized we should be releasing these. So we have been for a while releasing free NPCs now. Uh, you can find um, all of them on our Instagram. Uh, they're completely, uh, you can read through their backstories. They have a backstory and some special features and some art. Um, you can read through those and feel free to use the characters in your game. Um, however, we will be releasing purchasable NPC packs. They will be very cheap. Um, and what they'll have is uh, complete art that you can use across any platform, PNGs of the original art. Um, you will also have a token of the character. Um, you will also then get a full stat block with completely unique special features and abilities, actions, and new trigger actions. Um, that's with a collaboration with an amazing creator called uh, NPC Encyclopedia uh, that we're working with with those. Um, and then finally, uh, you will also get the bio and special features that you read on their free uh, NPC card as well. So you'll get all of that, the art, uh, the stat blocks, and, uh, and the beautiful bit of uh, detail about them as well, um, and those tokens um, for a small price. And we'll be releasing the first one of those, our pirate pack. Uh, very soon. So please, please check those out and we're going to be doing that uh, going forward, which is why we are the, uh, the best destination for NPCs across the plains, guys. Um, and this has been Homie and the Dude. 
the Father and Son uh, MMA and TTRPG podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us talk about NPC, something we are deeply passionate about. Um, and we will continue to, uh, hopefully in the future, introduce you to some of our characters and talk you through some of their abilities and stuff you know that we've worked on uh, with them. So it'd be great to uh, get into that. Next time, uh, we will be getting into some very interesting stuff. So we talked about um, filling your world with uh, characters this time. We're going to be talking about how to use those characters in interactions and encounters in the next episode, guys. So please check that out. And we'll see you in the next one. This has been Homie and the Dude, Father and Son, MMA, TTRPG podcast, destination for NPCs, the best one in all of the planes. Later, guys. Take care. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.